Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. And, you know, while we may be the best, uh, I was thinking, you know, maybe there is a way we can take things to the next level. Uh, you know, word on the street is uh, Crunchyroll's for sale. And, uh, you know, hear me out on this, guys. What if we bought Crunchyroll? I mean, I, I think I've got a couple of billion dollars down the back of my sofa or something. So let well, me check. I, I mean, we have, a, we have a fantastically successful podcast, so money's not the issue. Yeah, uh, no, okay. we'll, we'll just spend some of that, uh, some of that, spend some of that Glorio Heroes money that we got from that high dive deal. Uh, uh-huh. You know, that'll, uh, that'll bankroll, no, I think. Just go on Kickstarter and, uh... Yeah. What about our successful foray into gacha gaming? I'm sure we made a lot of money on that. <laughs> oh yes, go go roll the Glorio gacha, folks. But uh, I, all I can say is my 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 first act as uh, president of Crunchyroll would be to cancel this season, and then uh, okay. <laughs> and then uh, step two, re- regain the license for Nietzsche Joe, and uh, <laughs> I'll reti- and then I'll retire. So that's my plan. When are you funding Shield Hero season two? Oh, I'll be gone by then. <laughs> take I'll, your, I'll, take yeah, your yeah. golden parachute. Yes, get out of as here. any as any as any good CEO would do, you'd stick around for like a year and then bail out. Uh, get, get your, your multi-million dollar severance package for a huge right. bonus, or and something. then bounce bounce around. Maybe we'll go work for Funimation next or something. But <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, that- we'll we'll talk we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit here, but uh, you know. Uh, before we get into that and our other regular anime discussion, let me just introduce everybody. I'm Jell, and I'm joined, as always, by Iroh. I'm still here. Not dead yet. Still here. I'm joined by G. What's good, everyone? And this week we have Zig. Hello. Also not dead yet. Yes. Thankfully, we are all still alive in here. But, it's uh, not a given these days, it has to be yes, said. That is uh, not as an easy question as it should be uh, these days. But yeah, so uh, we are uh, knee-deep halfway into the summer season here. Um, yes, we're wading through it like some sort yes. of repulsive muck. There's, there's, a, there's a few few bright spots still left, I think, but it, for the most part, it's not been great as predicted i suppose um but you know i feel like the the difference though is that normally we like we predict a season will not be great and then there's like a couple of things which really surprise us and i i feel like there's maybe one thing which has surprised us this time around but aside from that it's been well i think i think there's still a couple if we are allowed to like (laughs) If we were allowed to hook some of these Netflix shows into I the guess. umbrella yeah, of summer season, <laughs> but, uh... yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into the you know the, the shows we've been covering. I mean, we're still watching things, although admittedly, a lot of these I would not still be watching in other seasons. Uh, either way, though, we'll have some things to say. Uh, but before we get into that, I wanted to cover a couple of notable. Uh, anime business news uh, items that happened over the past uh, two weeks since the last episode, or actually probably in the past week. Um, 
the first one I mentioned, Crunchyroll, is not a joke, <laughs> is actually getting shopped around by AT&T, who I believe owns the company that owns the company that owns Crunchyroll or something like that. Um, which is interesting because they're apparently, and a lot of this is just uh, you know off-the-record talk, I suppose, but apparently they made an offer to Sony, who, if we everyone recalls, also purchased Funimation a couple of years ago. So... Um, that apparently is not happening. Sony did not like their offer at all, but we came close to reuniting Crunchyroll and Funimation again, um, <laughs> I guess, but, uh, I guess that's not happening. I do have to wonder if, uh, you know, Crunchyroll did have, um, on August 1st, they dumped a whole lot of titles that are, are licensed, uh, by Sentai. Uh, they dumped almost 80 titles off their catalog August 1st out of nowhere with, like, three days' notice. Some fairly high-profile stuff, too. Yeah. So, like, I... Because... I, so, if everybody recalls, a couple years ago, Crunchyroll and Funimation hooked up, and then they had a bad breakup, and uh, Crunchyroll moved on to High Dive as their sort of rebound uh, fling. <laughs> and Friendship um, ended with Funimation. Now High Dive is my best friend. Yeah, and... High Dive, of course, being owned by Sentai, and uh, apparently that, uh, you know, I haven't seen any official announcements, right. but that doesn't seem to be oh, going well either. According to somebody but, I know who actually has a Verb subscription, they still can watch both High Dive and Crunchyroll shows on Verb. Well, something's working out there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah and I think, that, I think that gets complicated because then Verve is, like, owned by Elation, who owns Crunchyroll, but it's not necessarily the same company, all that, but anyway... Uh-huh. Point is, there's some stuff going on, some shuffling go, going on. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who, if anyone, buys Crunchyroll. As AT&T is reportedly asking at least a billion dollars. Uh, they And they had asked $1.5 billion of Sony, which they is the offer they declined. So, hmm. Just run um, FGO for another year and that pays it for itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I thought it was interesting if... Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, measure where where Crunchyroll and Funimation are at, uh, or were at uh, over the past couple of years, Sony bought Funimation for one hundred and forty three million dollars, huh. which is like pocket change compared to one to one point five. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I do I, think I, that is interesting that AT <laughs> because I mean, so I think it is interesting that okay, so first of all, that they that want to get rid of Crunchyroll because I guess my understanding is that Crunchyroll's doing all right the last like few years right i mean right it's not no yeah so it's actually because crunchyroll is doing well not because they're in trouble right so and it, at&t is not doing well so they're looking to make right. some money by but selling then i just find it interesting assets. that they would value it at that much yeah because... i i can't imagine a universe where that valuation makes any I think, sort yeah, of sense i think they were saying each user in crunchyroll is worth 500 dollars well, uh, <laughs> so okay, so let me let me uh, let me break down some of those numbers because right, I'm how much is subscription? Um, how long? Look. Yeah, so well, it's not just that, but that that was that was Sony's reply because they're they're playing hardball to of course, I, it, the of course. the real answer is somewhere in between, right? Because they were go they were basing that number off of if Crunchyroll has um, three million paid subscribers, uh, and you know you times it by. 500 that gets you 1.5 billion but in addition to that's not crunchyroll's only form like revenue stream right like 
so so they have a lot more people that watch with ads. Like you can watch Crunchyroll free with ads, and, right. and you don't get to watch. You can't watch like the latest episode. But if you wait a week, you can watch anything on Crunchyroll with ads. So they get money off of that. Um, I can't imagine that's more than the subscriber ba- the subscriber base, but probably you know. I'm sure it's not nothing. similar. I'm sure it's like close to you know. I, you know, I can only speculate. I, I have no idea what their ad model looks like or anything. Yeah. But it's definitely something, right? right? And they have, like, their stores and, like, their game initiatives and stuff like that. So there, I mean, there's I a suppose, lot more this actually, value to it. Yeah, I was going to say, this may even relate to the second news bit we're talking about this week of, I mean, to be honest, the kind of person who, you know, wants to stream anime for free well let's be real though there was at least until recently another place they probably would have gone instead right like yes yes we'll talk about that in a second i think but um i'll also point out that crunchyroll has some interest in certain productions which means presumably they have profit sharing from those productions stuff like shield hero etc so I would assume uh, that's, well the big the big right, webtoon the webtoon stuff that's happening right now yeah, yeah. but I them, I would yeah. assume that is a small but perhaps notable uh, source of income and something which over the last few years we've seen them expand quite considerably um, in terms of actually becoming involved on production committees and you know getting their name in the credits of actual shows right and when you, and when you perform evaluation of of how much a company is worth you you. You're not just counting how much they have currently as assets, but how much they you think they can make. Yeah, future growth potential. Degree. So you know, is and you know, does that mean Crunchy rolls worth a billion dollars? I don't have the numbers to say that for sure, but I wouldn't surprise me. Do we have uh, a, do we have an actual number of subscribers for Crunchy? Is that public? Uh, yes, yeah, three. It was three million are the paid subscribers. See, that's more than I would have thought. Actually, yeah. hmm. as like, of yeah, as of July. As of July, they're at 3 million paid subscribers at, I think it's $8 a month, I think is the current price. I mean, also, like, I hate to be the bearer of our grim digital future, but, like, those subscribers themselves have value. Like, you have a captive audience of 8 million people you can serve things to. Right, you're, so, at, like, you're at, I mean, Crunchyroll runs ads on the website, yep. the banner ads, those but also, of things. But also just mean, in terms know. of information harvesting as well, you know. Right, yep. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot more value than just the eight dollars that you get from those three million people. Um, so you know, well, I guess the thing I'm curious about I, now then is if Sony's not willing to play ball, do you think AT and T is committed to getting rid of Crunchyroll? In that case, who is the who is the potential I mean, buyer in who, this who, uh, in this scenario? I'll, gonna... I'll, I'll point out as well that like AT and T. I don't think will be fully committed. There was talk that they wanted to divest the Warner Brothers Games division as well recently. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that didn't saying, go yeah. anywhere in the end. And that was like a projected multi-billion dollar sale that they yeah. just gave up on, apparently. So, Yeah, yeah for I all mean, we know, maybe they just keep holding... I mean, yeah, if they can't find a good buyer, yeah, they might just hang to on hold to on it, to though. hang on to them, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know if that's a better situation to be chained to... I don't know. Not a sinking ship, but what potentially <laughs> could be I mean, construed I, as such. But uh... I don't think I don't think like the the health of the conglomerate is necessarily at risk. It's just that they need to, you know, cut expenses and you know cut bait with some parts of the company which aren't necessarily turning maximum profitability. Right? Like 
the question is obviously you know whether they consider Crunchyroll worth um, worth keeping hold of do they think that there is potential for more growth there I mean I think there's an argument to be made that at 3 million paying subscribers you might have reached the top end of your market there it's a it's yeah. a weird thing because then you also have to consider like you know as, as we keep talking about in these podcasts right Netflix for better or worse has made a very you know noticeable effort to muscle into that territory and you know you had Amazon there for a little while at least I I mean we, we, we kind of saw how that turned out but I mean Amazon that Amazon Amazon can come back in whenever they want right God I mean my, my point is that yeah my point is that there are a lot of competitor competitors in the scene now and. So yeah, it, it is. I am curious. I mean, I think that is why Crunchyroll is trying to get into production, right? Like because if you get you, to advertise your anime, is not just anime, but you know, a Crunchyroll anime, right? In the same way that Netflix is trying to, you know, really sell the Netflix original label. I think that is, you know, for better or worse, that appears to be the next logical step of these import localization outfits. Right, having specialization. I'll also point out, um, since Funimation has been purchased by Sony, um, they've kind of been kicking Crunchyroll's ass in terms of licenses every season. <laughs> um, where they have more resources to throw around, right? Like... Yeah, because I guess with that Sony money, they can probably make more bids on licenses. But they've been getting, like, if not the majority, an equal amount of shows to Crunchyroll um, over the past couple seasons. Uh, and... I would think that also is a big factor in Crunchyroll trying to reach out into making their own productions and trying to diversify their, you know, revenue streams. I mean, claiming those licenses is also like almost a double win for Funimation because, of course, they have a physical release business as well that those licenses can be applied to. So, you know, you'd assume once they win the battle in terms of securing a streaming license, they're probably going to negotiate for a physical release license as well. Right. as part of that package and right. granted physical releases are you know small fry compared to the streaming rights yeah but... i mean i was gonna say it remains to be seen how much longer the physical release you know angle remains relevant but yeah i mean uh it, it's if nothing else it is a prestige thing at i this guess point. yeah right like there's certainly some value in it the question is how much and for how long yeah so we'll see where that goes, but uh, you know, one thing that we know for sure is the other big news item uh, from the past week: uh, Kiss Anime is dead. And well, I guess Kiss Manga as well. I didn't even know that was a thing, but uh, Kiss Anime being, of course, the uh, the Notorious. foremost, Notorious. De facto, I would the most yes, the most the most the most well known of the shady anime streaming sh- sites. Uh, where you could just, you know, hop on the website and just watch whatever, um, risking whatever malware as you get <laughs> bombarded by ads. Um, so, and... Go ahead, Zig, if you want I, to. I was just going to say, like, I think it's easy to mock this because, like, you know, uh, it's a pirate site, you know, pirate sites come and go all this time. But as, as somebody who, you know, fairly interact, fairly often interacts with anime fans of a younger generation you know i think kiss anime had developed a certain amount of cachet 
you know i mean as silly as that sounds I... it it certainly had started building a brand to some level Yes, I, I, I would broadly agree with that, but I feel like I also wonder how much of that is just that it was the only one left in town, so to speak. Like, Yeah, it kind of won the... Because there used to be, I think, a lot of them, but... Yeah, because I think we all, we, the... all, we can all speak to living in that era, that early internet era of, you know, <laughs> anime, anime streaming when it was, you know, watching videos chopped up into thirds on YouTube... Or, yeah. you know, horizontally flipped to try to beat the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> I mean, or, let's know, us not, yeah, let's us not forget, of... that's what Crunchyroll was originally. Yeah, right. yeah, like, totally, right? I mean, yes. I mean, that's kind of why I think these two stories are kind of linked is, is uh, you know, <laughs> and for better or worse, I guess Crunchyroll and Kiss Anime kind of represent two... Uh, Two paths uh, that one can take from from those uh, those origins, right? And you know, I think yeah, it's I, I think you know, look, I if if you're a kid or you don't have a lot of money, I, I totally understand the like the benefits and motivation to use a site like Kiss Anime. I I think that I think that a site like that, a service like that, will probably always have its place in. I think that Any also. Fandom, but... I think also that represents like the the like internet cons- consumption habits of younger viewers who are mostly on tablets and phones, platforms that are not, you know, conducive to downloads or torrents. Also, yeah, a lot of also a lot like, of people don't have a lot of people don't have PCs anymore. Yeah. Also, the most shocking thing about this announcement to me was like the revelation that most of Gen Z do not know what torrenting is, which is kind of insane. As somebody yeah, that's that's who... definitely the thing <laughs> yeah. that really kind of caught me off guard. But then it's like, in a weird way, it almost makes sense that torrenting is actually a weirdly millennial-specific era technology. Yeah, I mean, like, like sh- streaming is a much more convenient right. way to do it. Like, or, I feel or, like there were like a lot of shows also that maybe were more obscure and did not have cedars necessarily, but well, were still on so the repository I, I kind, of a. Weird I kind of push back against that because I, I have seen the argument that oh well, Kiss Anime was also like a form of archiving. Oh no! Oh no! no, no, no. That, that's not. No, no, that's no. not what. That's all I'm. Oh, trying to get I, th- at I thought all. that's where you were going with here. I was like, I am gonna push back against no, that. No, I'm, I'm saying. That take I'm saying specifically of... in the context of. Knowing how to torrent something. Oh, or not sure, sure, yeah. Something. Okay, fine. Yeah, totally. No, I get it. It is accessible, right? Like, I mean, all you have to do yeah. is type in, you know, Google, uh, you know, fucking watch anime free online, uh-huh. and you know, kiss animes right there. So I, I totally do get that. And I think there's something to be said about making that stuff accessible. I think, as Zig was kind of getting, I think it is interesting, though, to realize, oh, right, like, Downloading and torrenting is actually kind of a very specific, weirdly narrow window of the era of the internet. And obviously torrenting is still around, right? I mean, to, to get back to the archiving tangent, I think the majority of, like, archiving of anime is done now through through torrents. So I think it'll always have its place. But it is, it is interesting to realize, oh, if you're like a kid and you want to watch your anime and not pay for it, Right, and you, yes. and you have a, you know, you don't have a PC, you have an iPad or right. something. You, yeah. it, it's it's not like you can do that easily. I mean, yeah. um, it's just, I mean, it's an, just... An, another evolution in the process. I mean, I think of all of us, only Jill and I are old enough to remember tape trading, but like, <laughs> yeah. but like that it's was definitely, definitely before a, my time. But like, that was definitely a thing, and at one point, you know, it was inconceivable that Western anime fandom could have survived without tape trading. 
and then you know obviously that is not even like the faintest remotest hint of a thing anymore right well i mean i think the main reason why i can't necessarily mourn the death of kiss anime that much is because for better or worse like the loss of kiss anime is not on the same level as like losing you know that like two-week period where nia was down or whatever yeah yeah like because i think because like for yeah i think it's i think at least the way anime is right now like now, don't get me wrong, as a mecha fan, believe me, there's a lot of old mecha that is just really hard to find, even even through <laughs> torrenting. You know, for example, like, I will probably never get to watch high-res subbed, high-res version of Dragonar, but... Um, Isn't that on High Dive? You're thinking Dragonar? of Dragonar Academy, sir, not not uh the dragon we're talking about no no i mean dragon art up left up um uh-huh not not uh, dragon the, the... academy the big girl show <laughs> no I... yes it is confusing yeah no dragon art academy but... was very bad i wrote a first look post of that um <laughs> i mean yes i mean the old mecha anime anyways my point being like metal yes, armor even... dragon right even even with torrenting that stuff can be hard to find but i think for the most part like Kiss anime dies, but again, like it, that's the things like yes, Crunchyroll and Funimation and High Dive and and shit. I guess even Sentai and Netflix are are still here, right? Like that. This is not a case of that information being lost. It's mostly just yes. a venue for accessing yeah, it. I I, I just so I just want to say and make it clear. I don't think any of us are mourning the death of Kiss anime. Um, and because okay. I'll 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 kind of come from my direction of you know I'm maybe I'm the lawful good of anime fandom here but I uh, <laughs> I tend to I tend to pay if if at all possible of course yeah no uh, I I don't think there's any question of that so you know and I I'm I'm definitely an advocate for if the show is legally available in your area of the world that you should pay for it um and and most. In most cases, uh, if it is available, it, it's available on a streaming service like Crunchyroll, and it's not, it's which is not very expensive to you know, not a huge expense. I, I, but, I think that's the key difference. So, if I might yeah. just interrupt there, is that like it's not. I've seen some people compare this to like the death of Napster or something like that, and that's simply not the case because because you know, all of that anime is out there. It's cheaply and openly available like you said crunchyroll has an ad supported tier and right. um you know the accessibility argument just doesn't cut you know just doesn't hold any water in this day yeah i mean there's there's the and the, there's the you know crunchyroll is not available in places outside of the u.s of a lot of times yeah. i mean you can you can vpn that if if you're if you're willing to go to a shady website to watch a you know whatever then you know you can probably figure out how to vpn crunchyroll but um i and also i mean th sites like kiss anime always left a bad taste in my mouth because they're like actually profiting from you know yeah the, sh the shady ads and they're watermarking the videos and all that it's that's like like it's pure and simple yeah it, that is actually just straight up theft as opposed to you know fan subbing or something so you know that's always so you know from my point of view it's kind of good riddance uh, as far as that's concerned but um it, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see i i feel like somebody's gonna try it again right another like, one will it, pop up it, it, I, another I one will pop up yep it's like um, how there's the, five million manga sites right there, i mean there's always there's always going to be a demand for that yeah. especially now like we said where people aren't where you know the younger generations aren't on pcs they don't know how to torrent they don't know they don't know the other means like this is the 
this is the way they know to do it. And... I think the question is, like, other sites exist already, you know, other sites will exist. Right. But the question is, can something achieve the, like, recognition level of a kiss anime where it I becomes mean, the question ridiculous. is should they like no absolutely <laughs> not of course and <laughs> right and, but yeah i mean and also i think that you know this takedown and um other subsequent actions we've seen are the realization both by you know original japanese companies and by western rights holders that you know there is more money in the business now there is more legal muscle to flex and more investment to protect and um right. you know i think that reflects in the in the increased use of legal takedowns and um, and banning orders and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anime is like kind of bigger than it's been since. It's the biggest it's ever been. Probably ever, yeah. I mean, if we're talking internationally, especially. I mean, and uh, especially if we're talking in terms of pure money made. Right. I believe right. domestic uh, numbers continue to drop and international numbers continue to rise. Yeah, I mean that's that's that is the general trend. Yeah, I mean I wonder if that'll change once Japan finally like fully gets behind streaming. But but yes, right. yes. Yeah, but I mean the, I mean Japan's also just going to have less people than the rest of the world. Uh, yes, stream, I mean so. yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so uh, that's that's probably just going to be the natural order of things. But um, but yeah, it's uh, you know anime. It's it's kind of this. Uh, there's similar problems going on with all media as technology changes, but anime in particular has always had that long history of like the fan subbing communities. Yeah, and... I mean, in the West at least, anime and piracy are inescapably linked. Yeah. You know, th- right. I mean, we still need no... we, we yeah. still need fan subbing because of thanks to Netflix. So... <laughs> right, which you know the you know the gl- the Glorial blog does not endorse uh, you know piracy. And but y'all should go but, watch uh... that Doro Hidoro, I'm just saying. <laughs> Speaking of, let's talk about Great Pretender. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, an, well, an interesting example. Yeah, um, actually, is out later this week. Yes. <laughs> so, Great Pretender. Yeah, Dor- 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 it has been out, and uh, Great Pretender is coming out. I think the end of the month or this something, week. or maybe this week. So the twentieth. Yeah, you you can you can legally watch it soon, but uh, let's talk about it anyway. I feel like um, the uh, Netflix. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like the fan sub quality for Great Pretender has been really good, and I'm curious to see the Netflix subs for that. Yeah, I mean, especially for a production that kind of, like, for, for, for a fan sub that has to juggle potentially multiple languages, I have to give some props to uh, yeah to, to, yeah. The, to the, the Great Pretender fan sub guys. They're, they're doing solid work there. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess... Uh, it's a weird. It's weird talking about this show because, again, yeah. thanks to Netflix, everybody's right. kind of in a different place with this show, right? I mean, I think me and Iro, then Gel, and then Uzig are all in literally different places. Yes, shows. Yes, right. It's, so it's very odd. Yeah, so we're we're on the what we're on the final arc that's currently available. There's going to be more episodes later. Yes. So uh, the, the so this is episodes ten through uh, what, eleven what through fourteen. Or eleven through fourteen. Yeah. Uh, this is the or the London arc, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yes, and we're all in different places. So Zig, you haven't seen any of it. I've correct? seen the first episode of this. Okay, arc. you've seen the first episode. Okay. G and I are you've seen two episodes. Correct. And I've I've seen all of it. Uh-huh. But um, so I I guess maybe I'll start with what your guys' impressions of it is so far. Um, sure. I guess for a little bit of context. This is their next job, which eventually takes them to London. 
they start, I think, in France, and then they end up in London. Um, the and this is their the Great Pretender take on the art heist, you know, you know for the classic, uh, you know, um, con man, you know, crime movie. Oh, type let of, me tell uh, you, man, art, art fraud is a classic. I yeah, it's I'm a classic. I'm glad that we're uh, we're getting into this. I mean, it's I, a classic setup. But what do, what do you guys think about what you've seen of the arc so far? I like it. It's. I mean, I might be a little biased here because it is related to art, but I, I I'm, I'm kind of digging a lot of what Great Pretender is playing with with this arc. Like, I, if you ever, as I was t- telling Eero the other day, if you ever just feel like you want to get lost in a Wikipedia hole for an afternoon, uh, look up art fraud. Look up how art fraud has evolved. How, like, <laughs> the cat and mouse like arms race between fraudsters Mm -hmm. and like museums has escalated with like every passing decade it's a really fascinating subject um and it's really it's rife with a lot of potential uh in terms of like just uh i mean not to say that the previous arc wasn't that as well because i mean like sports betting is also a very common Mm -hmm. uh uh, venue for 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 fraud and 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 conning but uh uh, Um, fraud is like a is like a classic classic premise on on that uh on that note i would also like to recommend the famous orson wells documentary f for fake which is about art fraud as well and is simultaneously a documentary about art fraud and also kind of a fraud itself but it's really interesting and worth watching you know, so just to put that out there, it's one of his yeah. lesser-known works, but it's super interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I think so far, okay, the thing I'll say so far about this one that I think is like working for me is they're they're keeping. I don't know if the scope is necessarily narrow, but I feel like for better or worse, the Singapore arc had a lot of moving parts. If that makes sense, like. Yes, I, I think a few too many moving parts. Yeah, that was kind of our general feeling about it, which is a shame because Abby's probably my favorite character because I'm biased there. But I mean, she's also great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I think uh, the, the way they're approaching Cynthia's backstory, combined with like a lot of this arc being about Makoto having to basically clean up his own mess, and like the aim of this job being like deeply personal to like multiple members of the crew, I think potentially is going to make this one work a lot better because the the scope is a lot more focused this time around. Right. Hopefully, like, hopefully, because um, while Abby was central to the previous arc, the, the, the emotional payoff kind of ended up being about one of the brothers or whatever, and we just didn't give a shit about him. Yeah, it say. was, it was it, it, yeah. And I think here there's more possibility for the emotional payoff to be to actually be centered around Cynthia. Right. I think that is like a good way of of uh, putting it. Um see I I can't say too much. <laughs> oh no. Just, oh man, that's man. making me worry. Yeah. <laughs> I I uh, having having seen the whole arc, uh, I, I'm I'm going to limit my comments. The only thing I will add is something that I noticed right away in the in the first couple episodes, even without completing it. I do feel like they start to lean into some of the same criticisms we ha- we talked about last episode, mm. where uh, perhaps we do spend a little more time on the backstory characters than we need to, and also the whole trying to um, make the characters like morally redeemable to a greater extent than they need to be. Right, when it's like, this is a show about scoundrels, the show should embrace 
that aspect. Yeah. Well, I the, mean, the, the, the only the only part of that I'll mention is the fact that you know they're depicting well deep down Cynthia is just this you know nice normal girl who used to be a waitress and it's like why can't she be a you know badass globe trotting champagne guzzling you know <laughs> she is now thief. <laughs> you know you know what's wrong with that um and, but I, so I mean, you know the, the, that the show also, I'll ha- oh sorry go on. I'll have I'll have more to say about that once everybody's watched it, but sure. that's kind of I that's that's where my brain started moving right away, even in the beginning of the the arc. I mean, I'd, I'd also say that you know the show does the same thing which a lot of con man shows do, which is it makes the bad guys so like cartoonishly evil. No, I think I you, think we're fine with that. No, part. no, no. It's... That's what I'm saying though. I'm saying that's fine, but. It, it gives you even less reason to try and humanize the characters because mm, or yeah. not humanize them but try and excuse their excesses because they're already going up against the worst people in the world so we don't right. really, we don't really right. need additional reasons to feel to like to sympathize with them we already do if that makes sense right right like i don't even, like i don't know i don't even like like whatever british mcfuckface is like such a <laughs> fucking piece of shit it's like I don't need Cynthia to be like this. This personal now. You know this like wronged heroine. Like she could just be like, "Now nah, this dude's a fucking dick." Let's, let's yeah, get this let's guy. take him down. Yeah, he deserves <laughs> you know? it already. Right. So, but, uh, I think that you know we talked about that last time as well, and I think that probably holds up on this arc. Um, I, and again, I, I, I will, will say, save the rest of that sure. for when you guys finish it. But the, the last thing I, I do want to say about Great Pretender is the thing that. For better or worse, I mean, I'm still looking forward to the end of this arc, but I feel like the thing, the conversation that keeps coming up, like, between Iro and I is, like, I feel like this show is really going to hinge a lot on how they eventually address uh, Laurent as a character, because the problem with him is, like, as long as he's involved in these in these schemes, there's not a lot of tension, like... And I mean, maybe there doesn't need to be, right? Like, you know, everybody knows Lupin's always going to get the score in the end, but I feel like with Great Pretender, right, like, when Makoto's the one doing the scheming, it's a lot more exciting because we know he's not perfect. We we know he's, in fact, extremely fallible, and that adds some tension to, to you know, to the caper. But as right. long as Laurent is involved, it's it's... Everything I don't will know. eventually turn out to be his plan all along. Yeah, it feels a little too comfortable right now, right? Like it's just right. a, it's it's just I don't I don't feel that tension anymore because I know that this is all going according to his keikaku, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Even kind of the the one, you know, mess up that Makoto makes, and I guess it's the first episode of this, right? Where yeah, which I will say was a very good uh, twist. But... Yeah, but even that's just like just the setup for the plot it's not like right and you know, also implied the Lawrence set that up so right yeah yeah so like yeah he's always like one step ahead somehow like you you almost start to roll your eyes eventually when yeah. when they finally say oh well when he's they cut to him sitting in his chair looking smug because you know he you know again all according to his plan so yeah no it's i, I agree with that as well so it'll be an interesting discussion uh, once you guys wrap that up so maybe next uh Next time we'll we'll touch base on that again. Okay. Well, speaking of shows that don't inspire interesting Oof. discussions, let's talk about Pari Ranmon. Continues to be good for about two minutes each episode. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. And <laughs> uh, all right. So let, so 
episode five, we had like the the pre race race or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, which goes, which is cool for like two minutes, as when they're actually racing, like when they're like trying to get past the moving train and all that. Yeah. Stuff it was pretty fun, and then we get, of course, get stuck into town, and. <laughs> it's going to be kind of a recurring theme, I think, through these through the whole show. But in these episodes, they're trying so hard to make us care, think that the main really. characters are yeah. likable and that we should care. And they've got a collection of like, like we've talked about a, a Pare himself at, at length, but uh-huh. all of the characters are like a collection of some of like my least favorite <laughs> character types. It's like, like kind got, of a, it's kind of astounding, honestly. But like you've got going. you've got like you've got like a par we've talked about a pare as like the emotionless genius guy who right. doesn't understand just doesn't just understand feelings uh, you know and you got Kasami is like the you know the lawful good idiot who's really even dumber than I think we were we realized uh in the beginning of the show and then you've got um what's the 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 kid's Hototo. name Hototo. Hototo, who's like the the um angsty brat character who's who uh you know another another thing i'm totally sick of is revenge plot lines uh-huh. <laughs> um you can throw that in with time travel as like my most like least favorite i mean overused to, to, plot lines at this point it's one of those things where there are element there, there are individual pieces of apari ranman that i think would work just fine because of its like wacky races wild west setting like little indian boy out for revenge against the white man like honestly I'm totally fine with that plotline existing in, like, your wacky Wild West setting, but... Sure. It's just that, like, the show does it with so little pomp and circumstance. It does it all so, just, blandly, it's... And, and how... That, that one subplot has eaten up so much screen time. Right? <laughs> like... Um, and, and so much of, uh, what the main team's, like, been doing on screen has been tied up with that... Over this bratty kid who's just like running in trying to get himself killed every time, which also drives me crazy, um, and uh, w- which kind of culminates into you know episode the you know the 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 end of episode seven where you know uh-huh. he, he he's literally standing in front of Gil's car with his little hatchet like what, what are you trying to accomplish here kid um and like this takes up like half the episode of right, him but just like standing there talking the payoff isn't even and that then, good because then we get the reveal that the those two right. guys are not even actually members of the 1003 gang right and they're actually just good-hearted scoundrels who don't hurt women or children yeah, well, even just, though they tried to murder everybody yeah. just <laughs> hours ago, but yes. <laughs> yes. but you know what I mean, right? It's like yeah, really? yeah, they totally like, they totally took the teeth. Right. Whatever teeth were left in the show are now gone. Like we really couldn't just have like Mexican Darth Vader with a minigun be Mexican Darth Vader right. with a minigun. It had. To I, be... I I do like that he just walks around with basically like a like a Vickers machine gun. Yeah, just like, like uh... <laughs> just slinging that over his shoulder. <laughs> But then, like, they, yeah, they take all the teeth out. Like, it's like, because it is this Wild West, wacky racist setting, I feel like, you know, you're just allowed to have murderous scoundrels in your story, right? right? Like, it's it's fine, like... <laughs> yeah. And... So, you know, it's like, even the... Some of the, some of the things that we, we were kind of more positive on are being just, like, getting yeah. right and dismantled like, in front of our eyes all we got right left here. is tj tj is TJ. our last hope for this show tj and his boombox gramophone <laughs> right yeah and it's like 
they're 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 going more of like instead of people you know racing and getting by with you know whatever crazy you know contraptions or you know conflicts or things that could be going on it's going to be all there's there's gonna be a whole lot of power of friendship stuff going on oh, here yeah. instead it's all right like, here man it's like like here. like like even just like the you know when the main group's car breaks down oh, and the other right, two yeah. come, come back to save them like i would have it would have been much more it would have made much more sense to me to have like apari come up with some kind of crazy way yeah, of making I the mean, car run again or something it's also like, just Otherwise, they would just be dead in the water if it right. wasn't for power or friendship, right? So, it's, like, yeah, it's kind of frustrating because, like, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, if you watch a lot of these kind of like race style like stories, you know, the moment where one of the characters who's in the lead gives up their lead to help the heroes is like a pretty common trope. Right. But right. you kind of have to have the emotional payoff, right? Like, you you have to earn it, which you know, Pari Ranman continues to not do so. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, and then it's... they they go off with Apare is like, what are these feelings I'm having? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like the, the thing is, they have a handful of bits that are like shows they could probably play this properly if they wanted. Like, there's the whole montage of Apare being Perfect. like, "Well, I'm so smart, to I'm gonna help everybody do their things even better," and he just keeps fucking it up for everybody. Uh, right. Instead. Like, as a joke, and that was okay. Yeah, yeah that was fine. Pretty it's like, I almost kind of wish that was, like, four episodes earlier, right? Because, like, you know, if, you ha- if you're going to have your insufferable genius-style character, like, you gotta take him down a few notches every now and then. Otherwise, it's just, it's just insufferable to watch. Like, right. I don't know who, I, I, I would love to talk to, like, a someone out there who is a fan of that style of character, because, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to, like, pick their brain. I need to understand what they get out of that character in fiction. Let me tell you about a little something called Isekai. (laughs) Well, I think... I think think a lot of times those characters appeal to... Younger audiences. Well... We can't keep keep blaming the kids for all our problems. No, no, I'm not not blaming it on... I'm not blaming it just on being young, but um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the the most delicate words. <laughs> Assholes, immature idiots. Um, uh, the people who no, the people who are people, like, if I'm smart enough, I can be as much of a dick as long as I'm right. Well, pe- people who are you know perhaps more um, introverted, antisocial, uh, and and you know rely on things like you know their intelligence uh, as you know something propping up their self-esteem uh that uh that type of character probably is more relatable to them sure, that's my fair enough that's my armchair psychiatrist take well, on that the but last thing for for oh, the rest of us yeah um it's kind of annoying to watch yeah i'll just say <laughs> the last thing i'm going to say about a party ronmon for now is that the next episode of a party ronmon is called heavy rain uh, and that yeah. led me to start thinking about I guess there actually is a way you could actually make Apari Ranman worse, and it would be David Cage presents Apari Ranman. Uh, here's your oh. strip scene over I'm here. I'm just saying, imagine David Cage's Apari Ranman, now with even well, more problematic racist stereotypes. Yeah, well, I have to say, I don't know if they've been handling the racism and sexism with any more subtlety than David Cage anyway, so... Uh... David Cage's Apari Ranman, now with even more inhuman-sounding dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's not like they've been doing great in those areas either, so I don't know. Um, 
There's that. All there's right. There's that fucking sequence where TJ is like singing along or whatever to the song, and they just had the voice actor go like, "I don't know what." Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's driving like alongside the guy who's supposed to be chasing him, and they both have their windows rolled down so they can speak to each other. Which is like that's the kind of sensibility I really love. Like, okay, these guys are like hated. Like these guys are like like hated enemies of each other, but they are racing neck and neck with their windows down. Which is, I mean, you know, you know, they're going to be best friends by the end. So yeah, it's just, probably. You know. Let's just, just get it over with. Oh, the par- version of a party Ranma that leads to that dumbassery more would have been a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Let's put that aside for now and move on to Gundam Build yeah, Divers Rerise. Indeed. We're approaching approaching, approaching the end. end. Yeah. And uh, how's how how are we looking as we're moving into the uh, uh, home stretch here? It's not as bad as it could be, I guess. The, the plot of the last couple episodes has basically been we're ramping up to the final battle to save Furry Planet, uh, and to do this, we should train. And so they put out a call to MMO to basically set up VR training <laughs> with peop- yeah. other people in the MMO, which is an excuse to bring back every character from Season 1 uh, to fight in a big raid against the the heroes or whatever. Uh, so, right. can I ask something? Yeah. What's up? You, like, I know that at one point the twist in this show was there's a planet of furries. Is uh-huh. that in the game or have they actually gone to space? They have. Oh, you haven't been listening, you haven't you haven't been listening, been listening to, to the podcast, podcast, have you? <laughs> it, it was a twist. The twist was that they thought they were in the game, but what's actually happening is the game. It's Ender's game. Yeah, it's the game Ender's is game. transporting sure. them to a real location. Does that mean? Does that mean that they have real Gundams now? Kinda. Yeah. In in the on the furry planet, yes, yes, the Gundams become real on the furry planet. Yep, and the, the fur lots of furries actually perished. Right, the furries are real. They are real sapient beings on a real physical planet that <laughs> it can be accessed through the MMO. Is there any explanation as to how it can be accessed through uh, the no. MMO? Of course not. Uh, uh, quantum waves. Who the fuck cares? Sure. Okay. Um, so here's my problem with these with these episodes. So three out of four people here have finished at least the first season of Gundam Build Fighters, and so. You are familiar now with the episode that I watched. Is... Like I watched like half of it too. So. You should have finished it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyways, okay. Well, you so you know what the show is, but anyways, but point is, every Gundam build series since the original has had an episode that is either the penultimate or even a final episode that is basically deep cuts the episode. It is the episode in which the team just goes wild with all of their like just in-jokes and, like, deep-cut references that they want to show kind of in the, like, the Gundam Let's all series. have fun episode. Was, uh, it, right. was like, there one in Try? I don't really it's kind remember of the, la- the last there, episode. There, well, there was... I think Try had one, right? Because, I mean, I don't remember the specifics of the episode, but the bit, of course, is that Rawl shows up in a blue dom, you know, being the joke that Rambo right. Rawl finally got the doms he requested. Yes. Which is, like, the one and only good joke that Try ever came up with. 
But yeah, this but, is this is where they're pulling out the like the one Gundam from like that 1993 OVA that yeah, you know, is only is that available episode. on VHS tape <laughs> right. uh, in Japan that, that or something, is, right? That is what this episode is supposed to be. Right. The problem is all of the callbacks are just to season one of Bill Divers. Like they because they don't, they don't bring any new they don't bring any new deep cuts. Right, so no new deep cuts happen. It's just, hey, remember those guys from season one? And it's like kinda not really. No, because they all and, sucked. And but the show, but the episode keeps being like, "Hey, you remember these guys, right? Oh man, these guys were so cool." It's like, no, not really. Hey, remember me? I'm a vor fetishist, and it's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to remember God you. Christ. Please go away. You're stop making talking me about stop talking about how delicious this battle is. Stop talking about eating me. I don't 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 like <laughs> stop, it. Stop, please. Can we report it to the G- to the GMs? Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's a bit of a shame because, like, there are bits of pieces of that episode where we get excited. I mean, mainly because there's a couple characters from season one of Divers that we really liked. But, yeah, it's just uh, it's just not a super well done one of those because none of the cuts are that are that deep. None of the references are that good. Um, yep, and, and even, even, yeah. the, even the fighting itself is not great because it's almost like... I guess I'm glad Zig is here because maybe he, he might, like, understand this. It's kind of like... So you have these new guys, right? And they're, like, winning a lot of fights, and they're, like, doing really cool shit. But then suddenly you introduce the old guys, and the new guy's not allowed to beat the old guy because the old guy, like, has a ton of, like, clout going for them. Or corporate thinks the old guy has a lot of clout for them. And so... So what you're telling me is it's a metaphor for the Gundam franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like, the, the whole episode is basically the new guys getting buried by the old guys, right? Like, the whole fight is basically them losing, like, a dozen times in a row to the old crew to show how powerful the old crew is. But we don't like the old crew. The old crew fucking suck. The new crew's not that much better, but they're, like, slight, marginally more interesting and likable than the old One crew. One of them's got a Like, also, in theory, they're meant to be the protagonists, so you're meant to like <laughs> them, right? Like... It's, yeah, it's, it's just so weird. And so, like, the fights are just these weird stalemates that don't go anywhere because, like... They don't want to show the heroes, lo- the heroes of the current show, losing too much, but they have this weird like insistence that the old heroes can't be shown losing on screen, and yeah, yeah, it's see, I I feel that kind of runs counter to like the whole Gundam ethos, quite frankly, which was we're never afraid to show our main characters get the shit kicked out of them, honestly, like. I mean, is this just where the kids show angle? Kicks I guess in? it uh, might be. Yeah. God, and like we we complained about this before, but uh, their insistence on having power, friendship, happy times with everyone when it would be trivially easy, given the circumstances, to have more emotional depth to right. The relationship. I mean, yeah. Ho- wait. Hold. Hold up. Hold up. As I'm as I'm trying to piece everything back together again, wasn't the the current main guy gonna murder the other yeah. main guy at some point? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so they right. meet. Remember, and both... remember, we told you that like uh... for a couple for about for about ten minutes there, the show became Yoko Taro presents <laughs> Gundam Build Divers, and then it pulled back. And and he and, he, and they're just right. he, he just bottled all so that they, up, so, and it's so not they, even a thing anymore. So they meet, and then it's this really milk toast. Like they both are like, "Oh man, sorry, bro. You all, you both, must, you you must have had a rough time." 
Oh no, don't worry, it wasn't your fault. We're buddies now. Let's shake uh, hands. One so build divers lame. to another build divers. So it's like I kind of that, that would have been good. That would have been good if he was like still like secretly harboring resentment I mean, or something and, and, and have honestly, that bubble up or something. Like, yeah, there's it, ways you could have done that. Right, and like, right. even if you have to adhere to like kids' show logic of the heroes always have to be good, you could even go the angle of like the main character of, of Re-Rise being like, I don't forgive you, but I don't hold it against you. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, I don't forgive you. You know, I'm never, you know, I, I, I still don't like you, but like, I'm not gonna let that get in the way of, you know, right. my future. But no, it's just straight up like, yeah, we're cool now. Yeah, we're cool. We're gonna shake hands. Isn't this great, guys? The hero of season one and the hero of season two are shaking hands. Uh... Don't you love this? Aren't you? Isn't this like designed to be loved? Please love this, guys. I mean. If, if I can chip in as somebody who has not seen much of Build Divers, like I watched the first five or six episodes of the first season and was profoundly underwhelmed, but like the, the key appeal to me of Build Fighters, at least, was always, it's the Yu-Gi-Oh thing, right? Like, we are taking this very, very silly thing very seriously, and the comedy and the drama comes from that, you know, in treating this silly thing as the most important thing in the world. And if you're telling me that, like, you know, that they're actually going to alien planets and rescuing species and stuff like my question is why is this a build divers show rather than just a gundam show at that point? i don't know i mean this is the question we were asking in the first few episodes and at some point we just said i guess this is what this show is right yeah <laughs> like you yeah gotta, <laughs> you gotta slap the gundam name on it somehow like uh, the show is basically halfway towards already just it might as well just be an au gundam it might as well be its own timeline like i don't know why it feels yeah. like it still has to be part of the gundam build franchise but but here we are i guess here we are i mean i guess perhaps internally that's like sunrise's way of saying this is like a safe for kids gundam you know like there won't be horrifying gratuitous character death or people taking shits inside the know. cockpit in like... this one <laughs> those furries but... got nuked from orbit those yeah they got <laughs> A million, the whole city is, got a, blown a, up. a million people is a statistic. Uh. <laughs> so, um, do you guys have any wild speculation or predictions for the end, the ending? I'm assuming it's going to end by the time we. Yeah, I think next, next week might be the last just episode. Just going to be as generic an ending as possible. Yeah, they'll fight the bad guy. They'll beat him. They've already started talking about how they don't have to kill the bad oh, guy. That maybe they can him. redeem him. So, like, oh, I already course. suspect that like they won't even kill the bad guy. They'll just like you know. Reach Boom out their AI hand and you know, right. fucking power of friendship or some bullshit. Whatever. It fucking look for all the times Iro and I like feverishly talked about Gun to Build Divers Rerise as if like this show like could have been something else. Like we know in our heart of hearts exactly what it's gonna be by the end. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... All right. Well, it's probably still better than the next show we're going to talk Speaking about. of a show with zero potential Oof. whatsoever. Ooh. So, we're, we're we're still watching The God of High School. It's entirely my fault. I, I take responsibility. entirely your fault. Um, I, and the only reason I keep watching it is because it, it, weirdly enough, comes out on Mondays and I have nothing else to watch while I'm eating dinner after work. Christ. So, um, it's still quite bad, though. Um, yeah. And doesn't deserve the amount of production it gets. Uh, episode 5 had the big... Uh, fight between uh, two main guys. I can't think of their names right now. Whatever. Um, and 
It did indeed look pretty cool. It looked uh, really fucking good. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, what oh, the right. fuck? They did the, they did the indestructible thing. They, yeah, they did the indestructible, like, ink splotches thing. Oh, man. It was like, oh, Sungo Park is such a talented man. <laughs> I, he deserves better than this. He, this this was definitely the, the biggest example of how big of a waste of talent the show is oh, as far as uh, what we've seen so far. It's fucking disgusting. But, like, like, I felt zero emotional, like, investment in this fight like it it, it it brought out nothing in me but you could not deny just how how just purely well crafted that fight was like it's yeah if there were any if there were any emotions involved in it it was just just straight up wow these guys did a good job making this look cool like yeah. i felt i felt <laughs> i felt happy for the animators but uh <laughs> you know the the actual content is is this show like there's so many things we could probably poke it poke around that are wrong with it but like is it just going too fast for us to care is that why Maybe. i don't know i, think that's I part mean because like we talked about you know last time with like the, the whole wedding episode thing how they just blew through that in like 10 minutes and you know they're using that as like the basis for you know our emotional core of what's right, happening. Like, oh you know, man, this... my my good my new good friends. Yeah, I, I forget if it was this week or uh, which episode it was, where where the karate guy is like has his flashback to like all the the, yeah, the big moments in their friendship, and, and they it's were all like... from episode four. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like you mean like the course of like two episodes, right? It's... Yeah, it's like it's like you guys you guys have had like literally like. 15 minutes of combined screen time together and like we're supposed to care like you like you're now all just best friends yeah it's it definitely feels like this thing got like weirdly compressed because you know this will get lead to the next thing but they reveal that the next arc is going to be you know the south korea national tournament right so yeah, the representatives right. from each region are going to be fighting in one big tournament each region like and seoul yeah, I think I think the compression's even worse in episode yeah. six because they throw so much into yeah. episode six. I had no idea what the hell was and, going on. And and then um, <laughs> God of High School had the audacity to 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 fucking break what might have been the greatest Glorio podcast <laughs> bit in okay. history over its knee and and destroyed it. We it, were it, working it, on this whole bit, and then the show pulled the rug out from under us. So. So they said... It's the time for the Nationals. This, this is pointless, but we're just going to explain. All right, so they're so like, they're, all right, it's time for Nationals, and the, it's main, a, the main team is from Seoul, right? Right. Uh, and and so we were like... So I had this thought, I was like, oh, I wonder if... I wonder if, like, in Japanese anime, you think in South Korea they have their own weirdly specific regional stereotypes? Right, because we're thinking of, like, going to build fighters or whatever where... You have the other Japan people, and you got the like Osaka guy, right? right. Like, oh, right. you're like, oh shit, the Kansai team is here, <laughs> right? There's always right. There's always the Kansai character, right? And like, they're always like in the dub. They're always given either a Texan or a Brooklyn accent, and <laughs> right. then we started to wonder if like Korea had its own stereotypes. But because we're dumb Americans, the only other city we've ever heard of in South Korea was Busan, and thus began our Busan English dub jokes. You know, like. <laughs> I'm walking here in Busan, or oh, no. you know some real NYC Guido shit, right? Like, let's go Mets, baby. Love the Mets in Busan. The pizza you know, over uh, here is way better than the pizza over there in Seoul. 
Go down the block. Go down the block. All right, believe me. Go down the block halfway. This place called Kimchi King. It's got the best cannoli you ever had in Busan. Yeah. You know what's funny is I live in New York. I can't do that accent. <laughs> <laughs> and we have I, uh, I would sound just as bad as you guys. Good. But, I mean, uh, that's the thing. All right, so I, for I'm context, not, you and I are Californians, so of course we're doing extremely uh, bad New York accents. I'm not sure anybody alive can legitimately do that accent. Oh, oh no, no, yeah, no, there are people really? that talk like that. Though. I, I yeah, want to meet yeah. those people. Yeah, listen to uh, y- Yankee well, Sports Radio. Chopped cheese all at the on deli. There. I, yeah. I am, um, I am appalled that you would suggest I would listen to a Yankees sports radio. I, I, that, was, that was entirely intentional. But, but, but Zig, I don't want to bring our personal differences onto the podcast. We'll, we'll keep uh, that separate. Anyway, um, but anyway, then, the episode yes. happened. The episode happened, and they listed all of the competitors in the national tournament, and Busan wasn't listed. They listed <laughs> right. seven other regions that none of us have never heard of. Fuck. Right. I ain't never heard of Gangwon so, or Jeju, but... <laughs> me, so, mid-episode, I'm looking at Wikipedia on, like, administrative regions of South Korea. We go down, we go down the wiki hole. <laughs> of, uh, you, got, of you, guys how... were way, you guys were very dedicated to this. <laughs> of how, scene, how provinces yeah. like, are divided in South like, Korea. Where the shit is Busan if Seoul is here as, a, as their own team? Everything right, else is its own province. And I'm like, well, but what Seoul province... is listed as a city. Right, and I'm like, well, what province is Busan in? And t- it took me, like, ten minutes to figure out... <laughs> That <laughs> South Korea has that South Korea has like s- city states basically. Right, basically, some cities are so large they carry right. their own administrative regions. I mean, that's that's how like like New York City's like that. Right, right? but like, then we were like, wait, but LA if Seoul, but if, if Seoul could, if Seoul like made it into the tournament, what happened to the Busan team? And then we started wondering, like, oh, maybe the author has like some weird regional beef <laughs> with Busan, and so they just like excluded Busan from it to imply that ah, fighters from Busan don't even rate in the national tournament, not compared to Gangwon Do or, or Jeju, and, and... And apparently and, the, like, Dreadlocks guy from the first couple of episodes was from Busan High School. So there you go, proven. Author of God of High School hates Busan. <laughs> yep. Scathing, scathing expose. You guys really got to the Probably. bottom of that one. Yeah. Um, so the show's uh, still bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, yeah. yeah, so so we had... yeah. I. We, we, we kind of alluded to they conveniently for the next tournament is going to be teams so that all three of the main characters are in it, uh-huh. right? But uh, I, I don't even remember which did, did Jin Mori win? I forget, but yeah. uh, I, I guess he did. And then um, it, there there was so much stuff that they start throwing out in, oh, right. in episode and six Tariok or whatever. Like, right? Like they, they start showing some of the other students who have magic powers, uh, like to shoot fire and open portals and things like that barring um, the power of the gods yeah and like okay so here's here's my here's my thing with the regional bits I, like again i don't know anything about korea really but i'm assuming seoul is like one of the biggest regions and they didn't have any of these magic people that have like I mean, superpowers karate guy and, and moon sword lady they're gonna get they're gonna get stands by the end well of the like they're gonna well, get there right but the other ones are, are already like shooting fire and stuff like yeah i, I, I mean know. you that know did, that it's, didn't add it's, up to me it's, but it's battle shown in logic right of course like the right. competitors have to be like a step above the heroes for now so they to... can so they can rise above uh, the yeah. occasion right when they're at their and also like they this weird subplot of like the tournament is being infiltrated by like shape-shifting assassins or something i don't even <laughs> fucking know yeah like like what is what is all right the great six with... or some shit i mean everything right. you're saying makes this show sound extremely good <laughs> 
What if it was all presented in an incredibly but, shitty way? But like, what if what if you packed all of this into ten minutes? <laughs> like, this is all happening in like half an episode. Ugh. Uh, and yeah, it's there's just so much going on, and there wasn't even any really cool fights in episode six either. No, so, and like, my suspicion is. I don't know if we're going to get any cool fights from here on out, because now that they've introduced the stands, now that they've introduced that, like, people have magical ghost powers, like... It's going to be all shooting lasers at each right, other instead like, of fighting. This yeah. is the thing I've banged the drum about this show since episode one, is, like, as long as they keep up the hand-to-hand fighting, like, this is going to be a great show, but the moment they start, like, shooting beams at each other, like, fucking throw this shit out. Like... Yep. Well... I don't know, guys. We made it to episode six. Right. <laughs> We're halfway there. Uh, so. Well, Arrow and I will continue to hold out hopes that maybe Busan will show up later yeah, in the later in the show somehow. Maybe I'll find something else to do on Monday nights and then forget about Please it. Please we'll do. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's like some video games I can play or something. I'll 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 try and find something. All right. Um. Oh God, it's not really going to get better in the next one, no. is it? It's really um, not. So how far have you guys made it into Japan Six? Six. Six. So okay. uh, so the cult arc is finished? Yes. So spoilers, it's a cult arc. I think we kind of alluded to that last time. Except you know what the real spoiler is? The the real the real twist of the Japan Sinks like cult arc is that apparently the cult wasn't evil. Um Okay. <laughs> how does cult, that work? The cult was just a cult. <laughs> and they, had, they apparently had some weird beliefs, but they were totally normal. And then an earthquake happens, and our heroes leave. I feel like totally normal and cult are not generally things that are said together or make much yeah, sense. Yeah, isn't by definition cults not good yeah, somehow? Yeah, that's what we thought. Like, so anybody who's watched enough post-apocalyptic fiction knows that eventually when you have, like, your cult arc, the eventual twist is always just, all right, when does the other shoe drop? When do they reveal they, you know, they they, okay. they commit child sacrifices or eat human flesh or whatever, right? That never happens in Japan 6. Right, they just, the get, other hit shoe by, never drops. They just get hit by another yeah. earthquake, main characters leave, one of their group decides, I'm going to stay behind because this place was great. They put weed in yeah, their curry. So- I have the definition of a cult here. A system of religious veneration or devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. And a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. That's mostly negative stuff going on there. Yeah, but... dude, that's exactly how I would describe this cult. But... <laughs> They're, they're never revealed to do it. Like, the only, like, slightly evil thing that's maybe hinted at is that they hoarded gold. Like... They had a weirdly large amount of gold. Yeah. Does gold even matter in the world at this point? No, or? but there's still, like, a bit at the end of the sixth episode where, like, half the cult dies because once they're fleeing, a couple of them try to, like, make off with the gold, you know? And it's like, ah, you know. no matter what, human nature is always the same. Right. But it's like... Some real, it some real subtle commentary but on But, like, uh, it's just... Right. Super fucking lame. It's like it's also like just really disjointed because like so they're a cult, right? They're a cult. They grow marijuana. They literally have a giant golden statue in their compound, but also they have raves. God, they, have they raves. do. Yeah, they, right, have raves. Shit. they have they have raves where they do oh, it's lines. A fun cult. They have raves where they do lines of cocaine and play, play Street, Street Fighter, Fighter <laughs> on projectors. That sounds like a good cult, actually. Right, I was going to say, if you're the cult of cocaine and Street Fighter, count me in. Like, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. But, like, 
But, but like, 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 it's just... But they, and they keep cutting to, like, the, dar- the, the dark ceremonies where people wearing robes and the kids, like, doing spirit shit. But, like, then, the, yeah, they never go and say, this is all the, the, the dark truth. It was just like, oh, yeah, that, that dude is a spirit medium and, uh... Their compound was really nice. They had yurts. They had they had weed. They got cocaine. Street Fighter. You know this is this former sumo wrestler makes chanko for everybody. Like, it's great. So so it's like the main crew just like hang out them hang out there for two episodes yeah, and leave and that's basically, it. Basically, yeah. Right. The like, like the old man goes crazy and tries to kidnap oh, yeah. the, the old the old man kills like three people. Right. Like like that that gif of the of the old man in the electric wheelchair. Oh, that's, right, that's right, this right. arc. <laughs> He like has a he has a fucking delusional episode and and like right, but it's a delusional mur- episode. Right, it turns out that ah, he's just delusional because he's a morphine addict. He's actually an okay guy. It's like he still killed three people or two people or whatever. Like yeah, doesn't that imply that could also happen again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he. But gets thankfully, by he stays behind and, and 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 dies there, so we don't have to worry about crazy old weirdly racist old man anymore. Oh, but great, like. What was the point of any of this? Like, that's the thing, right? Like, I don't... Like, I think fiction can be allowed to be... Uh, uh, meandering. I think fiction should be... Characters should be allowed to, 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 to do things that are not important in fiction. But the way this works out is it just contributes nothing. Like, nothing is gained from this. No character development occurs because of this. Like, no, nobody, like, learns anything new about themselves. Like, it... It's just a place to dump the old man. Basically. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and everybody's in the same place as they were when we started. Yeah, basically. And, like, oh, they also picked up, like, a new member of the party, a, a paralyzed man. And, like, uh-huh. like he's par- literally paralyzed from, like, the neck down. And I don't know how they're going to take care of him in the apocalypse, but they're going to try, I guess. And It's just really disjointed and barely yeah. makes sense. It's just, yeah, like, it's not even just bad. It's, yeah, it's just disjointed. Like, none of it makes sense. Like, no event, no story development, like, logically links to the next. I mean, would you say this is a fault in the direction and production, or do you think it's a fault of the source material? Seems like a little both. Hmm. Yeah, it might be, because, like, I I, I, I decided to look up the original novel, and my understanding is that the original novel is, like, kind of closer to, like, the original Godzilla, in the sense that it's from the perspective of, like, politicians and scientists trying to, like, deal with the problem. It doesn't actually focus on uh, uh, people on the ground, so to speak. Right. Like, like, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of adaptation going on. Yeah, like, the, like, the characters in the anime are not, are not in the, in the book. Like, that right. viewpoint doesn't exist in the original novel. And, so, for a better... Oh, way, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder if that would almost... I wonder how, like, directly connected it is. Because, like, we've had things like them finding landmines and, like, the gas exploding and stuff like that. Like, those things would be very differently received on the, from the perspective of, like, scientists discovering problems popping up or something as opposed to, like, a family who's actually affected by it, right? Like, I wonder if that's hmm. all actually in the original... I do wonder because a lot of this stuff was does... that just added for the adaptation to make it more sensational. I, I guess I'd I have know. to read the book because yeah, a lot of the events do feel weirdly specific. Like like yeah, like the existence of like hidden landmines in Japan of all places is like right. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's a 
I, I mean, we, we say this every time. We have so <laughs> many questions about this show. Like, it just... Nothing about it makes it just sense. Sounds like, it just sounds like a total mess at yeah. this point. Um, and I, I, I'm assuming the actual technical production is not hand- oh, holding no, up well it's, either. It's <laughs> Based com- on what I've seen. It's completely <laughs> falling apart, dude. It's, it's bad. It's... Like, I... Do you think perhaps this could have been a, a rushed production, given everything you're saying? You know, lack of cohesion, poor technical quality, or these. I think I, 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 bare, I think probably. I think at bare minimum, probably. It's it's because I, mean, I mean, again, like it is at least co-directed by Yuasa, and like, you know, I don't love every Yuasa work equally, but like, you know, they tend to at least hit like a certain baseline of. You can almost never question his like technical merits, right? Yeah, like, right. Like technical like, technical merits. Yeah, like it's. I, I'm now. sad that Yuasa made this because now, I mean, I guess now we have something we can <laughs> it's point a to as the worst. blemish on his record. Yeah, it's it's a blemish on his like otherwise almost spotless record. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, again, it, this was a this was a Netflix original and like an actual Netflix original, like you know, funded by Netflix. You know, kind of like Devilman Crybaby. So, but Devilman Crybaby turned out really good. So I'm not sure like what the hell happened here. Um, well, I mean, you also did take a break pretty much immediately after, there's, right? Yeah. It certainly was, seems uh, like that there's a story to be told there. Yeah. Alright, All right, well, you guys will be finishing the fight soon, right? It's only ten episodes? Yeah. Only, quote-unquote. <laughs> it feels much longer. Alright, well, we saved something uh, pretty good for last here, so... Uh, Let's talk about Decadence. It's great. Oh, dude, Decadence continues to be fucking awesome. It. Dude, I'm... Um, epi- episode 5 had the quote-unquote final battle, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool. I mean, yeah, speaking of shows that, like, really brought it out uh, for a week. Uh, yeah, Decadence, yeah. man. Yep. Um, yeah, if, like, we talk about... Uh, God of High School having cool action scenes, but Decadence has been holding their own as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these, uh, you know, they're not quite on the same level, but still really good. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a different type of fighting and everything, yeah. too, but um, they're weird Attack on Titan. Fighting, what if someone took but, Attack uh, on Titan and made it actually good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean... <laughs> but, but um, you know, I think they're doing a good job balancing... Uh, you know the the main plot, and then what's going on with um, Natsume and Kabuagi. Yes, I I don't know why I can never remember his name, but um, and and so episode five had like kind of the the big quote unquote final battle, what everybody thought was the final battle, which ended with uh, Kabuagi having to jump in and fight the supposed, you know, alpha monster or whatever. Yeah, the, the one that was supposedly in defeat, you know. Broke unbeatable. broke the game. He broke the game yeah. uh, for a bit, um, which kind of flipped over to episode six, which I was not as high on as you guys might oh, imagine based man. on oh, my previous, communi- previous uh, stance uh, on dude, the, episode uh, six, I the think cyborg world. Episode six clinched it for me. Yeah, I, but I was really into episode six. So I'll let, I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys talk about that first before yeah. I... 
Same well, I, I do want I do want to say real quick uh, the w- one touch I really liked about episode five is at the end there like again I've said it before in prior podcasts about how I think this is like a show the, one of the only anime I've seen that like actually plays with the like what video if a game, video game yeah. but real premises of like they defeat the monster and from the humans perspective they have just defeated their greatest foe right they they have in their minds, they have ensured ended, peace for their yeah. time. They have ended and the conflict the for good. Then the server then resets. Suddenly, <laughs> the server resets, right? Like like fucking Destiny or some shit. The server resets, more enemies show up. And, like, you have this great, like, contrast between, like, the humans who are just, like, thrown into complete and utter despair that it was all for naught. The and then the gears are just, like... Oh yeah, more hashtag content. Right. <laughs> Which I thought was a really good, really, really good play. But uh, I mean, the thing, yeah. the, the thing I will say about you know the, I, I agree with G that I think that this is the first show in forever that has done the what if a game but real life thing interestingly and i think the interesting thing is because like it's not really that like what it really is is something like the matrix you know is what if everything you believed was a lie you know and i think i think that um you know the fact that they lean so heavily on that makes the video game aspect of it more palatable because like we're not yeah. meant to think the video game is the coolest thing in the world instead no we don't it, we right. don't we don't care about the video yeah, game like, part, it, and, it, it, and if this was like just a video game i would have dropped yeah but in, instead but... like we are meant to think the video game is what it is which is like this horrible kind of like the travesty of, of an illusion yeah you know? and i i think that and that's one of the reasons why, like, moving on to episode six as well, like, I think the, like, abrupt shift in style between the quote-unquote game and the real world has been, like, very controversial, but I think it works perfectly because I think it's a deliberate stylistic dissonance, you know? Everything yeah, looks totally. so weird and so detached because, like, it's meant to emphasize the idea that, like, in many ways, the game is more real than the real world. And I think that yeah. it does a really good job of, like, telling that in a visual language. And, yeah, and then with, like, episode six, like, y'all thought this show wouldn't go hard against mega capitalism, but, <laughs> boy, that episode has some things to say about for-profit prisons. Off to the shit mines! <laughs> yes, off to the literal shit mines! To mine the shit. Uh, and they are then implying they feed to the prisoners to create a self... Uh, like a closed loop. Yeah. God. I mean, it's literally a Sisyphean thing, right? Like, yeah, you know. yeah. So, 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 like I said, I'll let you guys talk about episode six. Like, what, what is it about episode six that you guys thought was particularly... Because, like, you guys were raving about this. Uh, I, the... I th- for me, at least, it, it's the fact that like it's the fulfillment of a lot of the things we saw early in the show which is what if we took this ridiculous art style and then like told a deadly serious story through it you know and like again like the the dissonance makes it so interesting because you've got this incredibly wacky art style which is like terrific but in a very different way than you would normally expect right. from the kind and of story Pillman with jetpack versus hulk with mega buster Right, and, like, to that point, it's, like, even the animation in this episode itself, like, as I was telling Eero, almost felt, like, halfway towards a trigger-directed, like, anime with, like, just, like, like, these absurd, like, you know, squash and stretch, you know, distortions of the characters, the, 
the weird like background bits you know the the the, them going to the den of like you know the the illegal prison gang and like getting surrounded by all these fucking like the bad programs (laughs) all look fucking ridiculous you know shout outs to the one with the boomerang head and the shark face grin that one's my favorite (laughs) like (laughs) you know just and it works super well, right? Because yeah, it is absurd. It is ridiculous. And so that aspect of it works even just purely as comedy. But it is comedy in 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 the purpose of like really laying bare how monstrous the system is. I mean, right? I, like, I think that one of the things which, to my mind, at least anime struggles with is comedy drama, you know, or dramedy, the combination of the two things. And, and yeah. I think part of that, at least, is because obviously there is some dissonance between our views and Japanese views on how exactly comedy works. But I think this is a really good example of, like, black comedy making everything hit much harder because, like, everything is so weird and bizarre, but they're still making such serious points underneath it that the absurdity of the situation kind of only, like, deepens the impact of what they're trying to say. I mean, like, the very premise of, like... We anally probe our prisoners and then send them to the shit mines to mine for shit, and then we feed them that shit. Like, if you do that with, like, realistic human beings in a realistic style, that is a horrific dystopia, right? It's, it's, it, it, it is a damning indictment of the for-profit prison system. And, you know, I mean, again, it is Japanese work, so maybe I'm taking, you know, my own American perspective on this, but, like, you know... I think it speaks to, like, the things this show has to say, at least, you know, if not about the specter of capitalism itself, then at least, you know, uh, unchecked, like, I don't know. There's uh, definitely big, big corporation exploiting yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. If you want to even take it to the most basic, like, level of right. what the show is saying, it's definitely in there. And, sure. and, yeah, maybe it is, like, as Zig said, maybe it can get away with that because the visual style the aesthetic is so goofy that it helps make it i guess more palatable maybe is a way to put it i mean i think i think that's true but also i think there's something to be said simply for the like without wishing to be reductive these surrealism is for uh for surrealism's sake you know like the, the fact that these clashing aesthetics do just heighten the sort of complete insanity of the situation is an aesthetic choice unto itself and i think it's an incredibly effective one you know just yeah. to turn the whole thing into this kind of like bizarre dream off the wall thing and um right and and i think that 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 is like an incredibly unusual thing like we don't often see that kind of thing outside of like specifically anime you would describe as art house say and (laughs) and like to see it here in what is you know also a very well put together action adventure show is is refreshing and interesting you know yeah yeah, I I guess I don't I don't want to talk all over you, Gel, because I think three of us here were really into it. But I am curious, just like, uh, you, is it just that it's is it just the premise of of the robot people that's not that's not working as well for you or like? Yeah, so I'll I'll try and explain. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of touched on this a little bit when the the twist was first revealed, but the okay, so I, I don't have a problem with the art style. I think that's actually kind of cool. Um, I don't have a problem thematically where they're going with it, and some of the twists are kind of interesting, like where we end up at the end of the episode where uh, Kaburagi's not going to log back in with a different body now, yeah. right? 
which is I think that's a really cool oh, I really love that spin <laughs> on how where we're going. I guess my take the the simplest way I can put it is every minute we're actually in the I guess real world or cyborg world or whatever you want to call it. I just want to log back into decadence. <laughs> like like <laughs> I like I like I I like the concept of it existing as sort of like a background um hmm. thing looming over what's going on but like yeah this is going to it's going to be an well, unpopular like opinion but I there's like too much yeah like it's going to be an unpopular opinion but I felt like that whole gang fight thing was a complete waste of time <laughs> uh, I think it's um, definitely filler like in in like yeah, the most like I, sense of the word I I feel like I feel like I wanted I wanted him to get back into decadence by like the midpoint of the episode mm, or something so as opposed to, you know, spending a lot of time with the, you know, yeah. actual details of what's happening there. So kept- but, like, conceptual- conceptually, I think it's a very cool idea that ends uh, lends a lot of um, uniqueness and flavor to the show. Because if it was just Decadence, then it would be kind of, like, it'd be, it'd be, a, it'd be good, but it would be, like, kind of, you know, predictable, right? Yeah. But um, I would prefer to be, like, there. there's enough in Decadence, enough characters, enough things going on that I would prefer to stay I mean, hell, focused I, on that. Hearing you talk about this, Joe, I, I guess now that you, talk, you say it, I guess in, in my mind, I almost... Yeah, I think maybe the Decadence might actually even need a little bit more screen time because I feel like other than Natsume, the rest of the Decadence isn't actually that super fleshed out when you think about it. Like, like she's got a whole crew there that we have we saw, like, once. Yeah, right? they're just yeah, NBCs, there's, man. There's, <laughs> right, but the whole point is that they're know, not just NBCs, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's that's like the whole message, right? right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, while like I guess in a bubble, the, the 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 gang fight thing was fun. Like I felt like it was a waste of time in a show that only has twelve episodes. Enough, <laughs> we yeah. got and we got a lot of. We still have to uh, attack and dethrone God here. <laughs> we got a lot of ground to so cover. Can, can I offer and, kind of a partial rebuttal to that? Sure. Um, I I think that. I think that part of the reason they they did this, they did an episode entirely set in the real world, is well, I think there's two reasons. One is to break the uh, cycle of you know the episodes that are you know it's mostly decadence, and then here's a little real world stuff as well. I think it's to take you out of that story, to tell and to show you that the consequences for Kaburagi are very real and very you know, detached from his life in the game. And I also think it's to shake the audience up a bit, you know, to to um, to say that, because obviously, you know, the show has had a certain rhythm up until this point, which is the vast majority of the stuff we care about has been happening in Decadence. And obviously, I think that a good show generally keeps people thinking and on their toes. And so I don't think that this will happen again. I think the vast majority of the the subsequent episodes will go back to being in decadence, but I think as a stylistic choice, it's important and it works well as like a one-off disruption. How long until? Oh, how long I don't until know. Meets, like pill form cover. So I actually want to say I, I'm actually really looking forward to that moment because <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but in episode one, and I don't think any of us realized this at the time. They were looking we at the no logo or whatever. Well, not only that, but. Natsume's dad, what he discovers is the ruins of one of those old pill robots. Oh, hmm. is it? Okay. And it is shaded and drawn in the realistic, or, you know, yeah. relatively more realistic decadence art style. Like, 
go back to the be- go back to episode one and go to the beginning with the prologue with Natsume's dad, and what he finds there in the rubble is one of those pill robots, like the corpse of one. Oh yeah, you're right. And, you're totally right. And I just pulled it up. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it's like we never none of us internalized that because at the time. That was like a, a, a you know an irrelevant detail that we didn't know like was actually super important. But now looking back at that, and seeing how the way that pill robot is drawn, I'm almost like, oh, what if like when the two finally meet, we don't, Natsume doesn't see the like goofy pop art version of the pill robots that we see. She sees <laughs> like realistically drawn, you know. <laughs> physical pill robot you know what i'm saying right <laughs> like, right and so i i'm really curious what they're gonna do when that i think i think inevitably happens that that would be pretty cool and the show does have a tendency to uh crowd please i do i did I like the uh the basically unspoken implication that because when everyone else is like why you you, you want to talk to a tanker are you sure like okay oh, yeah. like Natsume is just Kaburagi's 2D waifu in the yeah. video game. <laughs> yeah, like, to the, to the perspective of the gears, it's... it's right. I gotta log in to see my favorite NPC, man. Oh, man, we she got so two spunky. characters. She's so spunky, she inspired me. We got two characters yeah. this season with AI waifu. <laughs> well, in-game yeah, I, waifus. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think... I do think we're still gonna get episodes entirely in the the real mm. world okay because we'll because the the uh it's a pretty tenuous arrangement that kaburagi currently has to get into i mean the that's gonna laptop. become a problem again at some point yeah, I, I do <laughs> that's love gonna that. have to get dealt with uh so i mean i think um, there will be some real world content i just don't think that we'll get a full episode like this yeah i just i just i i just would prefer that it's not like this episode we're in decadence. This episode we're in the real world and back and you know the back and forth. I mean, and I'll I've, point I've, out that even in but, this episode we did have a, a very brief journey into decadence in the middle. Yeah, right. For, but for the most yes. part, it was yeah. The we're, Natsume of it seems was. to be handling Kabu's absence surprisingly well, which <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, was... they don't. They, do they know? I, f- I forgot if they found his body. I mean, they didn't because they... his body was picked up right. and uh, yeah. yeah. So that by... so. Kamina glasses guy so so as far as she yeah, knows he's, he's just, just like missing, missing at this yeah. point right so um but yeah I mean uh, putting my you know I wasn't meaning to deflate your guys enthusiasm no, 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 no. I'm still I, I totally very much enjoying yeah. I'm, I'm still very much enjoying the show I just yeah. was not you know jumping off a cliff on this no episode. that's cool I, I just uh, so. I just I was just curious I just wanted to to get your, yeah. your take on it. I will say one last thing. Uh, Shout-outs to, yes, when they log into the equivalent of the prison laptop, uh, and they log into the Decadence title screen, and then it, like, glitches into the, like... I don't know, Ill- illegal, yeah. like, cracked version of Decadence. That's, <laughs> <laughs> like, black and white. I, I, like, yeah. distorted text. I feel like they've done a pretty good job of, like, making the show's iconography, the game's iconography, and vice versa, yeah. if that makes right. sense. Right, it's, like, the same yeah. logo from the OP yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right? like it was, I, I thought that was an extremely good touch. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, they got their hacks running on it, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... It's 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 a good show. I'm enjoying it, and I am looking forward to seeing uh, how they unravel all this in the remaining time that we have. Um, 
I mean, it was a good. I mean, we're halfway. It was a good midpoint. I think stopping point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good act. Good act break for that. So. All right. Um, do you guys want to share some uh, share a few words on uh, Common Rider before we yeah, wrap up? Yeah, I, I will quickly. Uh, um, it's since we have Zig yeah. Zigon and Zig and Iro yeah. both. So. Um, like we're very close to the end now. We're about three three or a couple of episodes from the end now and um i think that like ultimately zero one has been like a it's been a very bitty show which is somewhat understandable given the uh given the troubled production what with the covid and everything like that obviously but i think that they've done a good job of putting it together and like there's the sense a little bit at the end that it's kind of falling apart at the seams which is yeah. <laughs> which is not super uncommon with shows like this because you know 50 episodes is a long way to stretch a show but i i think for the most part um we'll remember this one as a good one which i think is a is a notable achievement given how is uh, is sentai currently bad it's, it's fine, fine. It's it's fine. Okay, I, I was just wondering if the old rule still applies. That uh, I, I I mean like, only only one of the two is ever allowed to be good at we'll, once. We'll see what Common Rider Saber is like. Yeah, but like Sentai is profoundly average. You know, it's one of the most average okay. shows I've seen in a while, which is fine. You know, but I think you know Common Rider has had some interesting ideas. They haven't always landed those ideas, but I'm I'm pleased they've gone for them nevertheless, and um, I I will. You know, I'll have more to say next time when when the show is complete. I mean, did they did they stick with the whole benevolent CV, CEO thing? Uh, <laughs> wasn't that the? I mean, CEO Wars has kind of taken a back seat for some of the back half of the show. Um, okay. Uh, but the bad so they still have the bad CEO. He he was all really only bad because when he was a kid, his dad took away his IBO because he got ninety nine instead of one hundred <laughs> on a test. And he was like, "No, I miss my 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 eyebow. Uh And he's like, "Then truly, nothing in this world matters other than perfection." Uh, and after talking with Amazon Alexa for a few minutes, he remembered that all he really wanted was his eyebow. And then the and then the satellite rebuilt his eyebow as a brand uh-huh. new eyebow. And the satellite three D prints a new the the new model eyebow for him, and uh, he's like, oh, "My eyebow." Truly, this was what I was missing all along. You, you now might, I'm good. You might think we're being sarcastic, but no, this is pretty much like no, a 100 no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt this in the slightest. As someone who's only like maybe watched a cumulative like two hours of of Common Rider in my life, this all, this all tracks. I mean, so and the, yep, and now he keeps hanging out with his little Ibo, and he's like, "I'm good now, right?" And other characters are like, "This is all your fault, asshole." Yeah, you <laughs> literally the literally the potential extinction of humanity we're facing is because of you! Yeah, you programmed Stop the playing ki- with your Ibo! You programmed the killer satellite which is trying to wipe out all of humanity. So, like... but Maybe I, do something is else the, is the Ibo, with your Ibo. Is the Ibo part of their uh, party now? Unfortunately, yeah, totally. it, it has not shown up for the past couple of episodes, which has which no. has very much led to the poochie question of us just going whenever it's not on screen, where is the Ibo? But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, like, it, it's part of what I was saying about how the show is kind of a mess, but it's trying for a lot. Like, you know, there, there's been a lot of stuff about, you know, Obviously, the big thing has been AI and whether AI can be used for good and evil and that kind of thing. Free will and fate, you know, um, 
the CEO stuff is like, you know, the responsibility of business running and stuff like that. I will say it's still a Japanese show, so there is certainly no, oh, CEOs are straight up evil stuff in it. Like, right. because... I mean, that and being a kid's show, yeah. right? Like, I think for better or worse, you're not, you know, going from decadence to this, we are not going to get our... Yeah. our... <laughs> Yeah, our scathing indictment of capitalism. But yeah, like in, in common writer. Like one I, one of the things you like that that it hasn't done so well is that like it's posed a lot of questions, but it hasn't necessarily given coherent answers for a lot right. of the questions. It's I posing. do appreciate how some of the villains have been handled over time, especially uh, yeah. certain villains who have helped the protagonists fight other villains, etc. But are still villains, like, their motivation... This guy's motivation to kill all humans has remained the whole time. And occasionally that coincides with... <laughs> occasionally that coincides with fighting the bigger bad. But uh, he still wants to kill Wait, all humans. What What do the bigger bads want to do that is worse kill than all, kill all Kill humans. all humans and kill all robots. <laughs> oh, shit. And he's all like, alright, well... well, well. I don't like humans, but <laughs> I gotta make sure Huma Gears are still I'm, alive. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, but once like, we once we kill this uh, guy, I'm gonna go right back to killing all humans. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it's it's not such a big secret that the villains are always the best part of any Carbon Rider show, and uh, sure, and sure. and I think that you know the set that we have had this time have been gratifyingly complex. Right, and, and I mean, Jin at the start of the show was like a psycho child with a gun, yeah. basically, and has slowly become potentially the most interesting character. Yeah, I mean, like, they've done a really good job of, like, developing those characters while, as Iroh said, keeping their motivations consistent and believable. Right. And, um... Not just, f- not just flipping no, the good guys not. with the power well, of Well, except for the right? Ibo, but, you know... <laughs> well, yes. But it's yes. an Ibo. Um, so, but yes, okay. I, I think, you know, like I said, I think that they have become a little ragged towards the end here, but yeah. I, I, th- I think a lot will depend on where ultimately they decide to, uh, where ultimately they decide to finish it up. And I, I think it still has the potential to have a really strong finish. I think also the finish could be a bit of a wet fart. So I mean, I assume it will be the power of friendship allows us to overcome the final boss. I mean, quite possibly, but we'll have to see. I mean, they did, like, they did in the last episode just make the main character a bad guy, which is an interesting choice this close to the end of the show. Yeah, you mean you got possessed, basically. Uh, I mean, he... That's not really becoming a bad uh, guy, He was then. consumed by an overwhelming desire for revenge, so, like, it, it's kind of 50-50. He'll get fixed by the finale, Proba- right? Probably, like, yes. Oh, yeah. But it goes. was still an interesting twist, which we didn't necessarily sure. see coming. Right, it's like the the villain deciding, realizing that the main character's power-up is too strong for him to defeat, decides to instead to possess the main character to use that power for his own ends. Yes. Alright. But yeah, you know, like I said, we'll probably have more to say about it um, next time when it is finished. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So next time we will uh, set aside time for some final sure. thoughts on that. And that's going to wrap up this episode. So um, we'll go to our housekeeping. Check us out at theglorialblog.com. You can follow us on Twitter at theglorialblog. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and YouTube. You know, leave us leave us a five star review, like, comment, subscribe, smash that like button bell thing. I, I I'm, I'm old. 
guys. I'm sorry. Uh, Do and, the thing. And, uh, you know, tell your, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. Curly, they say, oh, they're all.